Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast is sponsored by Jordan Dene. Jordan Dene has all kinds of geek chic apparel and accessories. Our designs are hand-lettered and inspired by our favorite characters and stories in pop culture. We have tank tops that can be worn with a skirt, under a blazer, to the gym, and as pajamas. Please check us out at jordandenae.com and all over the internet at jordandenae.nyc. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I am Jordan Ellis of Jordan Denae, and I'm here with our co-editor, Liz Crowder. Hey, guys. And we are also here with Kara Dennison, who we're so excited to talk to you. Hi, I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So we've been talking about the second issue of our magazine for a while. So if anyone hasn't gotten that yet, you can get a free digital copy um, on the website or you can buy a physical copy. But Kara wrote. So first of all, she is an ongoing contributor to our blog and then wrote an article about gatekeeping and fandom in the second issue of the magazine, which actually... I forgot the episode Liz and I did yeah, about the magazine. About her. We just talked about your yeah, article. She hasn't, she hasn't heard it yet, but we were like, Kara's the best. <laughs> if we're out her, we'll be best friends. Yes. So yeah. we're very excited um, to actually talk to you in real life instead of just talking about you and by ourselves. To you via email. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for anyone who, well, okay. So first of all, for anyone who doesn't know you, give us a little intro of, of like, what kinds of things you're working on and where you're writing and all that good stuff. Well, by day, I am a contributor to Crunchyroll. I do news and features and a bit of social media for them. I also write for Viewster, Verve, We Are Cult, and a couple other uh, geeky news places like that. Uh, by night or weekend, I have done short stories and essays for a bunch of different publications. Next month, I have... Uh, a scholarly book on the Doctor Who episode Heaven Sent coming out, which oh is a, which is a thing. <laughs> awesome. and, that sounds amazing. And I inadvertently helped to create the Is This a Pigeon meme, which is uh, <laughs> probably what I am, for better or for worse, uh, quote unquote, best known for back in my <laughs> fan subtitling days. <laughs> so explain that for anyone who has no idea. So... Uh, A while back, and it it actually came back around, but several years ago, there was this screen cap of something from an anime of a guy in a lab coat motioning to a butterfly and saying, is this a pigeon? And it was in the subtitle, and people assumed it was a mistranslation. But I had worked on that show and that episode, and that's literally what the guy is saying. This is like an android from outer space who's trying to prove that he knows uh, the way humans be. And so it went around for a bit and then it just came back as, you know, it it took sort of form and shape as a, as a, as a meme. And I randomly posted a a blog about, Hey, I worked on that, that episode and here's the story of that. And the freaking BBC calls me up. Are you serious? (laughs) BBC 
interviewed me about the pigeon meme and I went, well, this is my moment. I might as well take it. Oh my word. Yep. I've, I've, You're written, right. I've written books. I've written short stories. I'm a journalist, but now the meme, that's cool. <laughs> I, you know, I've interviewed actors. This is all good though. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> a great story. I love that so much. And like it, I mean, we all know memes, but no one usually knows where they came from. So that's like really awesome insider info. And I love, I love reading the stories of where memes came from myself. So I was like, dude, I have this insight. I want to hear it because I always want to know where stuff came from. So here is a time when I can like, you know, do people a solid and give them the stories. Perfect. I love that so much. That is gold. <laughs> well, like you mentioned, you have connections to like BBC and Doctor Who. Like you were saying, you've done huge interviews in that fandom and in that world, which is so cool. Yeah, I uh, I interviewed Peter Capaldi. Uh, you did? I yeah, did. I know. I'm jealous. His uh, his first live interview since leaving the show, which I did not actually know. Uh, did you find that out after? I found it out a week before. Oh my um, gosh. How did that go? Uh, finding out or the interview? Uh, the interview. How was the interview? Like, what was it like talking to oh, him? Oh, he's an absolute sweetheart. I mean, you know, oh. beforehand, like the first couple minutes of any interview, because I'm not, I'm not world famous. I'm not on TV or anything. So anyone who comes up to me, they have literally no reason to know who I am or how I'm going to be or if I'm going to be nuts or something. So I always sort of. I always kind of wipe the first five minutes and go, you know, this is where we get to know each other. And, but it was very, very quick with him because he, he was just very chill. He, um, he told a story about like the episode that he never got to do, which was the doctor meets Jimi Hendrix. And he just, the elevator pitched the whole episode on stage, which was stunning. (laughs) He, um, he's, and I noticed this in other interviews that I've seen on TV and stuff. He's very goofy and very awkward. And, you know, I say that, you know, with all the love in my heart, you know, it's, yeah, I was saying, yeah, it's loving because yeah. we all get it. <laughs> it's just like, you know, aren't we all? Well, he was talking about, for example, at one point, uh, d- getting the costume together for the doctor. And he says, you know, it sounds like a lot of fun trying on costumes, but then when you're taking your pants on and off for seven hours a day, and he just kind of <laughs> stops. <laughs> and there's, and it's like, oh God, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy to actually be interviewing someone. Like the closest I've gotten to that is like just doing photo ops. Oh. And then you get, you know, four seconds or two seconds with someone and that's kind of it like it's so strange. that's wild it's really strange because you know when you're doing the interview it's like you and them on stage sometimes with more people because you'll do like a panel interview but it's like it's not about you so as much as i would love to be like hey i heard you tried to do a play based on frankenstein which is what i (laughs) want here are my questions here are my (laughs) questions but it's like no it's like no there's like a couple thousand people out there and you've got to be the interface and um there is x amount that you can pull that's new but you kind of have to it's the the guest comfort and then the audience interfacing and sort of this this is the interviewer is funnily enough the least important person in the equation which is which sounds like i'm knocking myself but it's true of no, that's you're the, yeah. You're that's there to true. be the go-between because these are right. these are hundreds of people who would love to sit and talk with him for an hour, and this will probably be as close as they get. So you got to do something. 
uh, that that gives them that feel. That's arguably the harder job. It, yeah. yeah, it's and it's yeah. something that takes a lot of, you know, I'm I'm not perfect at it. Um, I love having the chance to improve at it, but it's getting yourself into that headspace. Well, the fact that you're conscious of this makes you better than lots of people I've seen do interviews. So I'm sure. Plus for that. Uh, I, I actually have a short list of people that I watch and listen to specifically or to remind myself not to be like them. You know what? No, you've been hearing a lot about one of them recently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I know exactly uh-huh. what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the main yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> fair, super fair. Well, this is like a perfect lead into something that I thought would be fun to talk about, which is like sort of related to what you wrote for the magazine about gatekeeping. But it's kind of funny to have the three of us talking because. We're all Doctor Who fans in a way, but like in super different yep. ways. Like I am perhaps the casualist <laughs> of fans. I've seen, I would say I'm always two seasons behind and I've only paid like 80% attention to most of the episodes I've seen. And I started with like the mm. new Who. So that's me. Like I am like... I know a lot of things, but if someone comes and talks to me about an episode, there's like a 50-50 chance, even if I've seen it, I like know what yeah. they're talking about. And then Liz has a different experience. Well, I've seen all of the new episodes, like starting with the ninth oh, yeah. Doctor up to present day. And it's my favorite <laughs> show ever of all time. I love it so much. And then you have oh, like... I- um, even I more a lot of years. <laughs> I mean, not as many as some. Like I know people who, you know, compared to them, I am a baby in the fandom, even though I have seen uh a good chunk of every doctor. Now, fortunately, you know, Twitch is doing the stream now, which if I had oh, more yeah. time, if I wasn't like, you know, doing news writing all day and that stuff, I would be in there watching the Twitch stream, but I love getting sort of the best ofs. And sort of seeing what the when the fans who are familiar with the new series have this easy access and they can go in and they can bring their observations and they can be excited for the first time about Ian and Barbara trying to get home or you know regenerations that happened 40 years ago and that's just to me that's just stunning but yeah I started back in 99 when I was in college and the newest Doctor Who was the TV movie uh, is that the which doctor is that? That's Paul McGann. Paul McGann. Okay, was my, that was my guess, but I let you answer. Yeah. I was right. <laughs> he was my first doctor, and um, that was the newest who there was. And from there, I sort of just watched whatever my boyfriend at the time had taped off PBS because there was no Netflix, there was no you know restoration team, there was no Blu-rays, there was no YouTube. You know, we got whatever there was and maybe so you got into it at the end of the classic era like you got into it at the at the last i got into it in what in what a lot of fans call the wilderness years which is yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I was a wilderness years baby yeah that sounds like the saddest time to get into a fandom like when it seems like it's gonna be over and then i came back this was this was a time when genuinely they were like it's never coming back so a bunch of people got together uh big finish and they just called 
called up the actors, went, fine, if there's no Doctor Who, we'll do it ourselves. And they just called up all the actors, asked the BBC to look the other way, please. And I mean, now Big Big Finish actually has connections to the BBC and they've, you know, they've traded actors back and forth. And, you know, you have... Uh, uh, Jenny, the doctor's daughter, is getting a spinoff. Jenny and Vostra got one. Churchill has shown up, you know, their version of him. So there's a lot more connection. But back then, it was the fifth through eighth doctors, and they were just filling in gaps because there was nothing. And I remember in 2005, well, 2004, because that's when it was being made, and very few of my friends would watch old Doctor Who with me. And one of my friends was like, uh, yeah, that show you like is coming back. And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They say that every year. And then she showed me the photo of uh, Chris Eccleston and Billy Piper, you know, the leather jacket. (gasps) And I was like, and I'm sitting there like, it looks like Buffy. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. It does. And, but then I saw the first episode and I was just like, oh my God, it's back. It's, it's, it's this, this is what it is. And, uh, it was a very new experience for me having new doctor who to watch and seeing it for the first time with the whole world. That was something I had never encountered. And then right. my fam, my uncle and aunt got into it because my uncle is he's the one who made me geeky when I was a kid. He showed me next gen, you know, he showed me all that stuff. And so awesome. we trade back and forth and he decided he was going to pick up Dr. Who and they watched like three seasons in a handful of days uh, and got to the point where we were watching the new episodes together. And oh, the 12th doctor was our first new doctor together. And that's so awesome. I, that I drove four hours to watch deep breath with them because oh. I had to have yeah, that's so cheesy of me, but I had to have it. It's not. It's no, not that's though. perfect. Like we would yeah. do it. Also, that means you're a fan. Like yeah. that is a thing that fans do. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> Wait, so Liz, when did you start watching Doctor Who? Um, I will tell you when, and also how. That I was like Tumblr a lot. Oh. <laughs> and like, yeah, and like I think it was 2010. 10 slash 11 um and on tumblr they're all about librarians supernatural yeah (laughs) doctor who and so i kept seeing it pop up and that's like the kind of stuff i'm super into and always have been but i just didn't watch tv growing up because i told you in the last episode we recorded we didn't have cable um so all my like all of my nerdiness was like fantasy book related and then finally, one day, I was like, you know what? Everyone's talking about it on Tumblr, and I love <laughs> Tumblr, and I'm just going to try it. So I watched, I started watching one episode, and was like, like, when I pressed Did you play. you start with episode one? Yeah, like, no, no, of the, I'm ninth a, of the Ninth okay, Doctor, cool. yeah. And I was like, um, let me just give this a try. And then, like, four weeks later, I was like, oh, Jesus, I've watched <laughs> I like I just didn't come up for air. This so I was like kind of casually watching it. Then David Tennant appeared, yeah. and I was like, "This is the best <laughs> thing to ever happen to me." I am invested. I care too much mm-hmm. about the characters. I cry mm-hmm. <laughs> when bad things happen to them. Like I've never cried this much at a show before, um, and I've been obsessed ever since. And then I went to the Doctor Who experience. So in Wales, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you think? I was Wait, saying? was that before LA? 
It was after. It was right before. It was right after I got engaged. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I thought this was gonna say I started watching Doctor Who because. I started going to conventions. Like the first one I ever got invited to was a Harry Potter like inspired con. And then I went to like the more broad conventions. And then I heard of Eli Hu in Long Island. And I was like, cool, that sounds fun. I've never seen this show before. <laughs> so I think I bought my table and was like, well, I'm just going to get through as many episodes as I can <laughs> and try to find some merch from this show. <laughs> so I watched, I think I got... I think you asked me. So Liz was my booth buddy for that weekend because I was like, if anyone <laughs> asks me any questions, I won't know that. the yeah. answer. <laughs> you have to be like the expert or everyone. I mean, like we were saying, uh-huh. people calling you out as being like a fake fan yeah. sucks. So I was like, I'm not going to make any money if I go having only seen two seasons. People uh-huh. are going to call me on my bullshit. <laughs> I, accompanied, I accompanied her and uh, we saved face. And also it was fine because I got very, very lucky that all the fans I interacted with were amazing and no one. And then it helped that Joey really dressed terrible. up as Matt Smith. Oh, yeah, my looks very much like Matt Smith. Um, so that worked out. So he funny. put on a costume and so no one cared about us. Way more yeah. photos taken than either Liz or I yeah. all weekend. He took away all the attention. So. <laughs> We want to take a quick break from the episode to thank our sponsor, Logan Arch. Logan Arch has the cutest, nostalgic, and nerdy accessories and apparel. If you're a Hamilton fan or a gaming fan, I think you'll find something that you love. I'm obsessed with their enamel pins, and I'm also really into their new purses and coin purses. They're super, super cute. If that sounds up your alley, please check them out at loganarchchicago.com and all over the internet at loganarchchicago. I I remember like when and this is just like side stories about how much I'm into this dang show. Um, I was going through sort of a down period like the couple weeks before the 50th. I had had a falling out with a friend, which is I, I look back. I'm like, well, it's fine now. But I mean, at yeah. that point, this really good friend and I had had this falling out, and I was so depressed that when everyone's like, "Cheer up, the 50th is oh, soon," no. I would go, uh, yeah. and they went, "Oh, they went, oh, oh yeah. God, she's really not okay." <laughs> Uh, I, w- I was still working a desk job at this point. I was working for a, a sort of a mainstream news website and I had my phone by my bed and I sort of rolled over and I saw Facebook, Twitter, and they were like, Kara, Kara, go look up the new uh, Doctor Who short on YouTube. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. And so I ran it and it was Night of the Doctor. <sighs> and see, when you're a, when you're a Paul McGann fan, of you know yeah. a decade a couple of decades you you basically you give up on him even being or you gave up on him yeah. even being acknowledged you just sort of go eh, well they're they're done with him whatever and i remember just lying there and sort of listening to it and then i heard the voice yeah i heard paul mcgann's voice and i just sat oh. straight up in bed and i was like you what <laughs> what <laughs> and that you know and i ran over to my friend's house that night i said have you seen the new doctor who short the what okay don't touch the internet i'm coming over don't touch and I the internet like, I wanna such see, a good response it's like i want to see your i want to see your faces and for the 50th i was over with my uncle and aunt and we oh, watched wow. it live and everything that came with that my dad called in the middle of it 
I have never seen a man hang up on his brother so quickly <laughs> as, as my uncle hung up on my dad. <laughs> it's like, uh, I can't talk right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, get out of here. Like, this is, this is kind of, the, the 50th yeah. was such a thing. There were such, you know, a, speaking of hearing the voice off screen, you know, when, when you hear yeah. Tom Baker. And I, I teared up. You know, Tom Baker was not my first doctor. He was, um, he was the first doctor I interviewed, but he was not my first doctor. That's still very special. Um, It is, yeah. But I just, I heard that voice in the midst of all that stuff going on. I went, oh my God, they went the Mm -hmm. whole way with this episode. They, they got a doctor who hasn't even shown up yet. They got, oh, it was, and everything around it, the uh, adventure in space and time, was beautiful. Uh, the five-ish doctors that Peter Davison made with all the... Did you guys yeah, ever see I that? Did you haven't seen that? No. This five-ish doctors reboot was where they dumped all the yeah. cameos. Oh. Uh, P- Peter Davison went, if they don't invite me back for the 50th, I'm going to make my own in my basement. <laughs> and, and Stephen Moffat called him up and said, uh, do you want to make it there for us? Go. And we give and we give you money and cameras. Yeah, I do. And so, so they got Barrowman, and they got like as many companions as humanly possible. And you know, it was it was just after after that very emotional sort of movie length episode to watch that, and it was just so goofy. And it was just Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy uh, being catty old men around Carter. Cardiff is the best, by the way. Everyone yes, should go. Yes, it is. I, I went to the experience. Which, I've seen both uh, versions. Which doctor did you see? I saw the 11th twice because it, it was at Olympia okay. in London the first time I saw it. And then I saw it when it was in Cardiff. And then I saw the 12th oh, doctor one also. That's, all, that's amazing. Um, and I, I got to interview the guy who wrote the 12th doctor Stop. script and sort of talk about, you know, what did you have to do to uh, make it work? When I went to the the Twelfth Doctor version, uh, I was there solo with a uh, school group. They were like in front of me, and then it was you know a couple other out of country people and me. And there's uh, there's always weeping yeah. angels, but in the Twelfth Doctor version, there were a lot more weeping angels. They had swinging Whoa. lights. There was there was a walkway you had to pass several it weeping was angels through. I was just there last year and it was so scary. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I was also pushing little kids out of the way so <laughs> I could fly the TARDIS. Uh-huh. Like, I've been waiting. Oh my like, god! I've been waiting ten years for this moment. <laughs> Everybody out. I when when you open the door to the uh, the IM foreman yes. doors that open to the junkyard, I was just I'm standing in there oh going. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I was I was full geek for all of that. Me just too. Big, Stupid yep. grin and on I my face. T-shirt at the end. Yeah. I I didn't get a T-shirt, but I did get like a pin and some yeah. posters. No, and stuff. my fiance had, got all that stuff for me because he was like, "We're probably never coming back, and it's closing now." Yeah, it is. Yeah, their 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 lease ran so out. So sad, but it was amazing. <laughs> it was so yeah. good, and the fact that they would have well, Capaldi would show up. Uh, because he wouldn't be filming and he was like, I'm, I'm right. bored. That's so I'm going to cool. go to the experience. And then um, 
the guy who played the mummy in Mummy mm-hmm. on the Orient Express, the suit actor, was one of the tour guides oh, for the experience. Yeah, I, I found out about this from like the, uh, the the brand manager person there, and so whenever they would have the monsters come alive thing in the mm-hmm. exhibit afterwards, he would he would orchestrate That's that. Amazing. So he would show up as the mummy and then they would put other people in the costumes. And I wish I had been there for one of those days because as big a Frady cat as I am, I I love, you're supposed to be a little scared. You just are. Supposed to be a lot (laughs) scared. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a question. How did you both Uh, react to finding out who the 13th doctor was going to be? I lost a bet. Really? Really? I, I was like, they're not going to do that this huh? soon. Who did you? Although, what was the bet? I didn't. Uh, the bet, a bet was whether they were going to cast a woman. Oh, yeah. Um, and I and I was like, I don't think the BBC is going to be that brave. And I was like, oh, I'm wrong. Best bet to and, lose ever. So. Yeah. Like someone, I remember someone said, no man could ever replace Peter Capaldi. And I was like, well, I guess you were right. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. take that. I, I'm not. I realized later that I had, in fact, seen Jodie Whittaker in Black Mirror. You didn't know. She's, yeah, I told Jordan. Had you not actually. seen Broadchurch? Uh, I've seen the first season okay. of Broadchurch. She's in the movie. Okay, okay, yeah. She is. It's been, it's been a while since I, I watched it on a plane. Um, but yeah, also oh. Black Mirror too. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was going to tell you. And yeah. I, I remember her better from her Black Mirror. Because that episode uh, was so scarring. Oh yeah, but I remember I was watching it and I was just I've stopped trying to guess who's going to be the doctor because I also placed a bet against Capaldi <laughs> for 12 because because I said so, like he was I said they said it's going to be him and I said no it's not that's too perfect they'd never do right. it and and I was again I was happy to be wrong but when she pulls back the hood and I was like you Son of a bitch. Okay. I didn't have any expectations. I was I was like, I if they're going to do something shocking, it's either going to be a woman or a person of color. Yeah. But I don't right. know which. It definitely um, won't be both then. Yeah, no, God, no, they couldn't <laughs> yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was excited and like happy, but not super shocked. Cause I it's it's going to be interesting because, you know, I was having a talk with a, uh, a friend about it recently and, you know, she was talking about, well, people seem to have rules for what you can and can't do to women. And the doctor gets beat up a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, are, are they going to be able to do this? I said, look, the doctor's a big idiot who beats people up and gets beat up and gets it wrong, and gets it right and gets it wrong again. And if the doctor is written correctly, then she's going to keep on doing that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's, that's and, right. And I've I've heard Jody in interviews, and she sounds like a big old doof. Which, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I'm like, as the, as long as the doctor's a big old doof, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, of course, she used to be an amazing actress. Like I've only oh, seen yeah, three or too. four things, but I feel I think she's I feel good about it. Work. Yeah, it's like I've I've noticed that there comes a point for every doctor where it becomes sort of a no acting required mm-hmm. where they're a lot like themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know Paul McGann, especially cause he really is that very flighty and uh, easily distracted. <laughs> he, he truly, truly is. Um, and when, when you meet the different doctors, it's like, I don't know if you've just taken on this person. Oh no, you were just basically playing yourself 
with a family-friendly filter on. Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I guess that goes to good casting, like, because not everyone, that wouldn't be the case for every actor. So it seems like they're curating it's, who gets yeah. the job pretty well. It's, uh, I, I would never want to be in charge of casting the doctor. But me neither, no. Nope. There's a lot... You really have to sort of have an eye to that. And a lot of times I've seen the actors come in and I've gone, I don't know. And then sure, like Matt Smith, I wasn't about to, you know, go out. Oh, he's too young. And I was like, all right. Okay. And then like five seconds in, no, I'm with him. You know, uh, five seconds. It took me a little longer than that. But well, I, I got on board eventually. It, it always, it takes a bit for them to have their I'm the doctor moment. David Tennant, I feel like, picked it up immediately. The second I saw him, I was like, of course you are. (laughs) Of course. But he was also a huge fan his whole life of, like, the old. That must have been a weird one for a lot of people because, see, I was used to the concept of regeneration. So my response was, already? Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of, you know, everyone else is like, what's happening to him? What's going, who's this guy? What's going on? And I'm just like, and I'm just sitting there going, that was fast yeah that was too quick yeah too quick and it's sad i mean nothing against david Tennant, but i would love to have seen more of eccleston i feel like that's a pretty so when i started watching it because of tumblr and the whole internet (laughs) i like knew david Tennant was going to show up eventually and obviously i have the biggest crush on him ever so when i started watching i was like cool when are we gonna get to that part and then now I'm realizing how unfair that was because, like, Eccleston really was great. Not I only, just was, like, a... Not only that, but then David Tennant got extra time. Because yeah. when he first started... Well, should I ruin it? No, maybe not. No. I mean, but he got extra time but, when you thought right, he right, wasn't right, going to. Right. And, yeah. And Eccleston got so little time. Well, so I've definitely gone back and been like, I need to give this guy another <laughs> run of just watching and appreciating and not rushing through to get just to David Tennant. <laughs> it's but then I watch all of David Tennant again, so that's fine. Me too. His episode, some of his episodes are my favorite. Silence from the Library is yeah. my favorite episode of all time. That was such a wild one. I, I, I know that Moffat catches a lot of hate and, you know, I get it because he was doing a lot of things. And when you push forward a lot of things, you're putting yourself in the spotlight as doing them. And then you're not doing them enough. Whereas yeah, if yeah. you're just not touching it at all, then it's the status quo. Yeah. That's but fair. so I know not everyone was a fan of his, but it's like his writing is so much of, he kept touching on what I liked in older who. So like the, the story, the, the fairy tale and then the sort of the Gothic dark drama. And so I was like, I was always excited to see his stuff. So when I saw that he was doing, um, when he did, um, empty child and the doctor dances, which, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> just wow. And <laughs> see, I knew him from coupling. That's what I had seen him write that. And the, comic release comic relief, relief episode where rowan atkinson played the doctor which was um doctor who and the curse of fated oh either of those things so coupling was like friends but british and like you know very very different but it had that same sort of three okay. guy three girl setup um cool and uh for comic relief back when doctor who was totally never ever coming back um stephen moffat came in as a comedy writer and he did Doctor Who and the Curse of Fatal Death. 
which was (laughs) Rowan Atkinson played the ninth doctor and Jonathan Price was the master. And they had one of the younger women from AbFab as the companion. And then at the very end, they had the doctor just regenerate over and over and over and over so they could cram in a bunch of cameos. So they had had Richard E. Grant and then they had Jim Broadbent and then they had Hugh Grant. Uh, What? Hugh Grant. They had Hugh Grant for like a second. And then at the very end, they had Joanna Lumley. And, Whoa. you know, and, and at the very end, basically, the, the companion's like, well, I don't know what to do anymore. And so the doctor and master just, they walk off arm in arm. Like, oh my <laughs> like you know, this is going to happen eventually, so off they go. And <laughs> That's so awesome. So, so he, he's, he's always had this sort of uh, female doctor agenda. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, so when Eleven came in and I knew that he was going to be the showrunner, it was like, well, this is going to be interesting. Because they had that yeah. very fairy tale, fairy tale, but not, you know, the uh, Amelia Pond and all that. And I didn't, I did not know yeah. what to expect for 12. I just, I had no clue. Uh, I knew that it was the guy from Local Hero, which if you haven't, if you haven't right. seen that movie, please see it. I saw that when I was a kid. Um, and my uncle, I said, did you see who the new doctor is? Because I was thinking the thick of it. And he says, yeah, it's Danny from the uh, local hero. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? And I went back and watched it. It's like, oh, my God, the geeky guy who does the airplane run. It's the doctor. Maybe he runs better. That's so maybe he awesome. Runs- <laughs> maybe he <laughs> runs better. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it was that, that whole st- the whole 12th Doctor era was such a wild ride with, you know, with Missy and with Dave, boy, they played, you know, that was very much sort of, we're just going to throw everything at the wall. We're going to see what works. And I was, I wanted the master back in 12th Doctor era and I insisted it had to be a Roger Delgado type. I said, the only type Mm -hmm. that will work opposite the very intellectual 12 who reminded me of the third doctor. uh, I said, it has to be Delgado type missy shows up and i'm like i was wrong i was wrong (laughs) every time you've been wrong has been amazing so at least it's not that i'm happy to be wrong about doctor who because whenever i am whenever i predict wrong it turns out better than i could have imagined and i'm just like yeah see that is i that is a mindset that i wish more fans would adopt um, because it seems to be a running theme that people have a lot of opinions and don't like the idea that maybe sometimes there are better ideas than what they there thought were, even, and just want to throw everything away if it's not exactly what they wanted. There is a Doctor Who TV writer I know. I will not give their name. Uh, I know a few, so that if, if you try to figure out which one I know, you're gonna you're gonna come up with three or four. <laughs> uh, so suckers, don't even try. Don't even but, try. Um, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if they'd care if I said who it was, but whatever. Um, and they got complaints after the 50th because they were accessible on social media. So people would just come to them and, and bitch. And uh, this person said, I don't like how the 50th turned out. It was all wrong. And my friend said, oh, what was wrong about it? And the person straight up said it didn't follow my fanfic. Get out. Uh, 
Stop saying that, everyone. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's happening so much in Star Wars right now, and it's so frustrating. Are you famous? Are you a writer for something important that anybody cares about? No. Also, that's so weird that your one idea is the only good idea that could ever possibly happen right now. And I adore fanfic, and I, I push the idea of fanfic, and a lot of the stuff that I do is glorified fanfic. Yeah. Like, but you're but, not like mad when they don't read your mind and do what you say. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, it's, you know, and also with something as big as Doctor Who, you're going to start like stepping on things. They've been yeah. doing this for 50 odd years and something's going to have to give at some point. Like, you know, oh, we, we said back in the 70s that, Time Lords only have this many regenerations. Well, I guess the show has to end now. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll find a solution. As long as, as long as they're still making money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes changing things up is actually great for everyone. And I mean, and it's fiction. That's and the other thing that is such a good point that so many people forget. Well, it's, it's just a show. You should really just relax, etc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of my old fandoms. Yeah, no, seriously. I think that is like a perfect note to end on that like, you know, everyone should just remember like it's okay to be frustrated that a thing didn't do what you wanted it to do. In your fanfic. But you could do what Kara does and say, hmm, maybe this is actually better. Let me give this a chance. Yeah. And then wait and see what happens. Yeah. Or maybe there could even be two good options, just only room for one at this one second in time. Very true. So crazy. Maybe maybe a writer didn't read your fanfic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. So I I feel like this conversation is like very uh very indicative of the way you write, which is amazing. Uh, oh. which is why we love your articles yeah, all the time. Do. But tell everyone where they can find you um other than our blog and magazine. Because I know you're writing a bunch of places. Uh, if you run by Crunchyroll News, you'll see me a few times a day. Uh, you can also Sweet. go my, my go by my blog, caradennison.com. You'll see kind of the stuff I write for Sartorial Geek, but you'll also see like reviews, uh, personal thoughts on sort of the direction of fandom and stuff like that. Uh, do want to drop really quickly one more place I'm going to be writing very soon. Speaking of Doctor Who and the Twelfth Doctor, is there is a charity zine coming up called The Hybrid. Uh, it is, uh, for raising money for one-to-one children's fund, which, uh, helps with mental health, uh, funding, uh, in third world countries. It's being, uh, run by my friend, Ginger Hosley. Applications are still open for writers and artists. They really, really need artists though, because writers take up more page room and they're trying to get, <laughs> yeah. sort of, they're trying to get yeah. sort of an even balance. So if you just Go to The Hybrid Zine, all one word, on Twitter. You'll get all the information you need. And uh, if you do that, you'll be working with a lot of cool people, including myself. So, yeah, do it. Kara's that's awesome. That's so awesome. Yay! And I, I, I actually just uh, filed an article about Solo into Sartorial Geek. So. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, I said to Jordan, because we're together right now, because my wedding dress fitting was this oh. weekend. 
Yeah, we drove to Virginia, but on the drive, I was like, Kara just started the article, <laughs> and it's not finished yet, but I know it's going to be finished. <laughs> and it's about so We love yeah. everything you write. We really so. do. But also, I mean, we say this all the time, both of us cry almost every time. We yeah. Read. Oh, my gosh. Like, so. real tears, not fake ones. No. Oh, no. <laughs> when I read, I mean, this is just another reason for anyone who hasn't gotten the magazine yet to at least pick up a free copy like I read it so many times because you know we were editing and making sure we did everything right and I got a little teary every single time she did. it's so good. wonderful it's so good oh thank you I'm also like oh don't, it, it's okay yeah. don't cry <laughs> no happy tears because I was like I want the rest of the world to think like this too <laughs> uh, I, I would like that too and it's like you know you honestly I figure if I can put X amount out there. Maybe someone who is young and new to fandom will see that early. And I don't know if we can fix the way things are now because people get very set in their ways, but you know, keep, keep trying, keep hoping and keep having fun. Basically, That's the whole reason we're doing all of this. So we're fully on board with that. And I, and I love the thing you're doing too. And I love that I get to be a part of it because thank you for being a friend. Yay. We love this. Well, thank you all for listening so much. Please check out Kara and all of her writing. And then if you like our podcast, um, please leave us a review or subscribe or check out our Patreon or check out our new website or check out our magazine or everything. Yeah. Um, Have a great week, everyone. Stay nerdy and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.